Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer, and this is part two of our discussion on the flu. We had started, begun talking about what to take when um, the flu is in the house, and we had briefly discussed what to take in, prevent, in prevention of the flu that might come around every fall. Well, since our last show, um, there's been a lot of customers coming into my store and asking me, what, what are we going to give our families when the Ebola comes through? And I said, you know what? Let's not worry about it. Fear is one of our triggers to make us ill. <laughs> and in homeopathy, we always say there's a, there's a trigger that began at the onset of every illness or every disease. Whether it was you've got a chill, or whether you got run down, or whether you were scared, you know, shock. People can actually die of fright. It's not a joke, they really can. But there's always a trigger point. And so if we run around being afraid that we're going to get sick, then we're more likely to get sick. So let, first of all, let's not be afraid. Let's just fill our arsenal with remedies and good things to eat that will help us be strong and healthy. Actually, here in our story, if you just have a handful of remedies in your pantry or in your purse or wherever it is you keep your, your safe things, I says, you know, you're going to be fine. Your family's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And so, anyway, when it comes to treating and curing the flu, there are a few remedies that you really do need on hand. And I, like I said, last week we briefly discussed it. And in addition to those, I like to have Epsom salt. I like to have some immune-boosting herbs. And I also like to have some essential oils on hand. Those are just like, you know, if you're going to run a car, you never... You don't just plan on putting gas in it. You also have to have your oil or your brake fluid and some other essentials. So just like caring for your, your vehicle, you need to be prepared to care for your person as well. And that includes good healthy water, good nutrition, and like I said, a few essential oils or some immune boosting herbs. So I will kind of come back to that a little bit as far as the um, nutritional things that I like to have on hand. but. Right now, we were naming some remedies that are good to have on hand, and I had discussed arsenicum, which always, you know, there's there's that, there's, the patient is always restless. Even if they're lying flat and very, very ill, they're restless. They want to get up. They want to sit down. Their legs are always moving. They're restless, 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 and they can be sick as well. There's usually something to do with the stomach when arsenicum is involved. They usually feel like throwing up, or they have thrown up, or... The, the stomach is usually involved <clears throat> if this is going to be used as a flu remedy. But the, just remember, restlessness. The baptisia we discussed, they feel like they're falling apart. High fever, and there's usually an odor emanating from the body. And I say oh, emanating from the body. You go to give your child a drink of water, you say, ooh, honey, go brush your teeth. 
that's the type of odor I'm talking about. There's, you know, even strep throat can be involved. Different things can be going on inside a secondary infection. But the Baptisia patient almost always has an odor. Gelsemium, again, recap, the headache is in the back of the head. There can be the high fever, the prostate countenance of the patient. They usually don't want anything to do with anybody. They just want to go lie still and quiet in their room. That's a gelsemium patient. Much like the eupatorium patient, they also just want to be left alone. The eyes might be a little bit glassy looking. Um, the headache can be in the back of the head as well. And they can have the high fever. And they can be very, very ill as well. The belladonna, again, comes on fast, furious. The patient usually has red ears or red cheeks. They look real flushed. The eyes can look, the pupils are dilated very large and they can look really glassy. And that patient will always complain of something throbbing. And this belladonna is used for things like appendicitis um, and all your other viruses that come on. I've actually used this for a case of what I thought was the dog was frothing at the mouth, had been gone for two days, frothing at the mouth, come crawling into the yard. We actually just threw hamburger with little belladonna pellets wrapped on the outside for this dog. And, you know, I don't know what he had. I don't know. <laughs> it looks a little bit suspicious. He acted like he didn't even know the kids. After, you know, a day of feeding belladonna to this dog, he started acting normal again, but I wouldn't let the kids go near him for two weeks. And he just pulled out of it. I don't know what he had. I really don't. But it's always the, you know, the virus, the viral interrupter. And so uh, belladonna, think of that. And it's any, most of our flus are actually brought on through viral exposure. Very few things that we get are bacterial exposure. Sometimes a virus can turn bacterial because it can go secondary. A person can have a virus and they can get so ill that it just... Like I said, it goes secondary or the infection can set in in the lungs or something, even if it was just a virus to begin with. So we always like to give belladonna right away to interrupt that virus and help the body start healing and say, hey, wait a minute, wake up. Okay, and then we briefly touched on antimonium tart. Antimonium tart is one of our top remedies for pneumonia and anything, any kind of cough that sounds wet. You know, somebody can cough, huh, huh, huh. And if that cough is, it sounds like they're coughing through a wet blanket or a sponge. You can almost hear it rattling. That's the antimonium tart cough. And so you want to be given that um, near drowning victims, babies that are born and in, inhale the fluid when they're born. Always think of antimonium tart because that will help that little child get that, that wetness out of there. But so often people will get a simple virus and what happens, you know, nowadays, they might get a, like, start to get, start getting a head cold. So they'll start taking all these over-the-counter drugs. And before you know it, they've got full-blown bronchitis or pneumonia because they've driven the virus deeper. So then they get pneumonia. And antimonium tart will help very quickly to get that out. In cases like that, too, um, when you've got a patient that has been taking over-the-counter drugs, to suppress, and that's all it's doing. You know, like I had one young lady in here, and her father's a doctor, and she said, the pharmaceuticals have no intention of curing you. They're just there to help you suppress your symptoms. And I said, exactly, that's what allopathy is. It's just a practice of suppression, suppressing the symptoms. 
And when we suppress anything, it always drives it deeper. You know, a good vitality will still be able to kick it out on its own, but we've all become such a weak country of people <laughs> that we can no longer kick anything on our own. We just, we just continually suppress, 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 and we wonder why we run around with diabetes and colitis and all these other wonderful diseases, because all we've done is managed to suppress things. We need to get rid of it, you know. When the body is throwing out a symptom, instead of suppressing that symptom, we need to say, hey, what do I do with this? Okay, I'll take this remedy. This is the most like remedy, so I'm going to take this, and that's going to aid the body to kick out that disease that's causing that symptom. Because, just like I've said a hundred times, little kids, you know, doctors will make parents so afraid because this child is running a fever of 104 or 105. Let's stop and think about that for just a moment. A child who can run a fever of 104 or 105, and then an adult gets the same exact illness, and yet their fever is only 99 or 100. Why is the difference there? Because the child has a stronger vitality, and his body is trying very hard to fight what's going on. An adult whose vitality is much lower, in other words, their level, their basic level of energy, the basic vitality that, that makes the body move and, you know, and be is not as strong. So the fever that it's, it's developing to try and throw this virus out can't quite get to the temperature, can't quite kick it as fast as a child can. And so the fever doesn't rise like that with an adult. You know, so anyway, the doctors make us so afraid, oh, get it down, get it down. Yes, you want to help the child fight the virus or the illness. But you don't want to suppress the fever. You don't want to give the Tylenol to suppress the fever. But you do want to help get the fever down naturally. And again, the best way to do that is pickle socks, belladonna. You always give the belladonna if it came on fast and furious. The ferrum foss if it came on slower. Ferrum is an excellent remedy to give if the fever has come on slowly. Because very often when things come on slowly, it's a ferrum issue. And the patient, instead of being red, and like the red ears and the flushed face, the patient will look pale. They'll look kind of gray. We, see, we call it green under the gills. But the ferrum patient, so you give that and their, their fever comes on slowly. But regardless, any patient that has the fever, the high fever, you want to get rid of it naturally. So you put, you soak those white socks, and this is all in my book, soak those white cotton socks in pickle juice, preferably kosher, the pickle juice with garlic in it as well. And then you put these on the feet, and then you put real wool socks over the top of that. And it, it will start to pull that fever right out of the body naturally and help the body to get rid of it. And then it can fight the virus much more efficiently. So you pull that fever out naturally, you give the belladonna and any other remedies in alteration with the belladonna that the symptoms are speaking for. And when we do that, our patient gets well very quickly. Okay, that's enough about fever, I guess, at the moment. <laughs> I, I know I'm being redundant and I repeat myself a lot, but sometimes I just don't feel like I'm driving it home because people will call me and say, oh, I forgot. You know, and it's very important to never suppress. Just always help that patient get over things naturally. Anytime we suppress anything, the body's going to have to bring it back naturally again later and try to get over it. I had one young mother, and she was seven months along with her fourth child, and she called me, she had been really, really ill. And we were trying to use the remedies to get over her being ill. And she was doing pretty good, actually. Um, and then she called me, she said, I, Sue, I just took the kids in 
they all have strep throat. And she says, and actually, they think that my nasal infection is strep as well. And I said, you know what? You're seven months along. Go ahead and do the antibiotics. We'll clean you up later. And so she did. She used the antibiotics on herself and the kids because there was no one around to help because they live far away. And then later she called me and we gave her the trio of cleanup remedies to help get the, pharmaceut the pharmaceutical drugs out of her system and the kids. And when she did that, you know, then their health just came right back and everyone's has it's been a year and a half and to my knowledge no one's gotten extremely ill again you know nothing more than the get it over in 24 hours type illnesses but as long as I'm on that um, track I will also come back to the cleanup remedies as well so anyway uh, I'm taking a little note here that I'm going to come back to the nutritional things and <laughs> and the cleanup remedies back to the flu so always help to get rid of the fevers naturally so anyway, a lot of customers have been coming into the store wanting to know, what am I going to give for Ebola? What am I going to give for this? Oh my goodness, strep throat's going through town. Oh, also mono is going through town. And I said, well, you know, don't panic. There's remedies for all of these things. And she just looked at me. She goes, I use essential oils. I said, wonderful, you're on the right track. Now you need these remedies. And so the remedies are so basic, and they help the body get over these diseases or these viruses that we're being exposed to on a continual basis so quickly that you won't even feel like you're ever really being exposed because as soon as you become symptomatic, you just take care of yourself. And like I said, the hot tub with Epsom salts, the essential oils, and the remedies. And, the, and yes, the remedies, we always treat the symptoms, but sometimes when you know you have a particular illness because someone you've been exposed and you have all the exact same symptoms, you just take those remedies. And very often I like to take uh, a nozode if I, if I have access to it. If not, then I just take the like cures like symptoms. And I won't say it's prophylaxis, but almost every disease that we know or its derivative because there's only a handful of illnesses actually worldwide. If you call World Health Organization, they're going to say, okay, what are the basic 10 illnesses in the world? And they, they could tell you that, and then they would give you the derivatives, all the other illnesses that fall under that category. Basically, it's all due to suppression, but we won't get into that. And so it's a, a virus or a bacterial infection, and they're all very, very closely related. So when someone says to me that they have mono, then I say, you need to be taking belladonna because almost always they have that throbbing headache or the Baptisia or the Bryonia or the Gelsemium, depending on where their headache is located. So you take the most like headache remedy and the belladonna for the fever because it, or the ferrum because it comes on slow or fast. But I also like to give Ceanothus. And Ceanothus is specific to mono because mono affects the spleen. And whenever the spleen is affected, then we take the Ceanothus. And like I said, I really like to have this on hand. Ceanothus in a 6C, amazing, amazing remedy. If you can't find it in a 6C, you can almost always find it in a 30C. But I really do like the 6 for an active illness in mono. So, you know, like I said, that's flu-like symptoms, and it can come on only when it's a person is in a weakened state, very often they're weak because they just got over the influenza. And so then they can catch mono or some other viral disease that's always floating around. I mean, literally always. 
because we only succumb to these illnesses when our immune system drops or when we've been running on hyperdrive and then it comes back to a, a slower level. And so when we get these, just be ready. It's, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. And the other one was the strep throat, she said, was in town. And strep throat, as you know, is extremely contagious. Strep throat is actually a bacterial infection. We're kind of veering away from our flu right now. But the strep throat does have flu-like symptoms. They have the sore throat, the stomach ache, and the fever usually comes on quickly. With a bacterial infection, you'll notice the difference between a bacterial infection and a viral infection is that with a bacterial infection, the patient almost always acts super goofy or silly the day before or even a day and a half or two days before and they start having accelerated behavior or just not acting themselves. And so when that happens, usually I just give a dose of belladonna right off the bat because it can, it can allay and you can avoid actually the, the child getting sick. And so just if you can remember that, usually they're going to have you know, their, their ears are going to look red, or even they're going to look a little bit flushed. And so, that being the case, I just give the belladonna. But if you have missed the symptoms, or you haven't been around, and you just, or you're too busy to really notice, and the next day they wake up sick, then, and you suspect it's strep, I usually like to give the nosode. Um, and I do actually carry these on hand. I have what I call my world's diseases kit. And it's basically the prophylaxis or the nosode of each and every disease out there. And then in addition to that, I always have what I call the cure remedies. And the cure remedies, <clears throat> excuse me, the cure remedies are like, for instance, for streptococcinum, the strep, the regular strep throat, I will give the strep nosode just to wake the body up and say, hey, this is actually what you're fighting. And then Invariably, I will either give mercurius or hepersulf, and that just simply depends on the patient. If the patient has moist or wet skin or they're sweaty, then I will stay with the mercurius. If the patient has dry skin or even feels chapped, then that's what I call the dry, then I will give the hepersulf. But I always give one of the two. Then also, if I'm sure it's strep throat, I will give pyrogenium. And pyrogenium is the rotten smell. Baptesia, your patient will almost always emanate an odor. And you can even incorporate Baptesia into the strep protocol. But pyrogenium is the remedy of choice for me when I have a patient with strep because what happens is when you get a bacterial infection, the tonsils are going to be affected, all the lymph nodes are going to be affected because this bacterial infection is in the blood. And once it's in their blood, then you have all the lymph nodes trying to screen this bacteria out. And if the body starts to succumb to the illness, the pyrogenium is going to help because that's for disorganized blood. And I say disorganized blood because you have this bacterial infection there that is starting to take over. And so the pyrogenium helps the body to quickly get that under control. And so I actually reach for pyrogenium quite often when a child is sick or when someone is, you know, has these types of symptoms. Okay, and in addition to all these things, and like I said, I use these in alternating fashion. By that, I mean, you know, one and then the other. You will find a protocol that works really well for you and your family. Very often, anything in a C potency, you can just put in water. So like I know if I'm going to be using uh, a remedy because someone is very sick in the house, 
or two people are ill, I will take little water bottles of, of distilled or spring water and I will put one or two remedies in there or, you know, pellets from my bottle of remedy and I will succuss, I let that dissolve and then I will succuss that bottle of water. And you put a piece of tape on it or mark it with a permanent marker and it's right on there, Mercurius 30C or Belladonna, you know, 30X or whatever it is you're using. And then you, you give it to your patient and you say, okay, honey, I want, I'm going to line these up. I want you to take this one. I want you to wait 15 or 20 minutes and take this one and go on down the line. And yours usually, when someone has strep throat, I usually have three bottles right there for them because that's just the easiest way of implementing these remedies. And they can lay there and you can trust that they're going to take them because they don't feel well. And every time they roll over or wake up from their little nap, they're going to take a sip of that. And they can remember because they'll move the bottle down and they'll know what they're taking. And it's amazing the way these remedies work together to help kick what that child or adult has. Okay, so now if that's not confusing enough, we're already working with Belladonna at the get-go, the very beginning for the fever or whatever is going on. And then we've implemented and we started using Mercurius and Heprosulf. Then because an odor started emanating from my patient, I started giving them Pyrogenium. And because I suspected it was a bacterial infection, I started the pyrogenium just because. I didn't wait for the odor to set in. I just really felt that they have strep throat, which is going to interrupt the blood, and I give the pyrogenium. Now, if they do have or strep throat or streptococcinum, the throat is almost always involved. If you can look back and see that the tonsils are red or inflamed, then, you know, I like to give phytoloca. Phytoloca, or some people pronounce it phytolaca, is a wonderful remedy for any of the lymph nodes or mammary glands or any other those small glands in the neck, the throat, and, and anywhere else in the body because as those lymph nodes are trying to screen that bacterial infection from the body, phytolaca really helps. Ceanothus is more specific to the spleen where phytoloca is more specific to the smaller glands throughout the body. So I almost always incorporate the phytolaca and so now we have either Mercurius and Heprosulf, Pyrogenium, and Phytolaca. And you can use these remedies, this combination of remedies for strep throat, streptococcinum, any other type of strep that you suspect is going on. And sometimes, very often, it can be a staph-type infection. Now staph, very often, is, is external. It can be on the skin or it can, you know, it can be internal or anything like that. But if you suspect someone has a, a staph type infection, instead of the strep nozode, I will give the staph nozode. Almost all of our illnesses that are bacterial, these, one of these two nozodes are going to wake up the system because they're transmitted through this type of bacterial infection. And it's close enough, even if it's not exactly that particular nozode, it's close enough that the body's going to read it and say, hey, wake up. Now, when a person has, okay, I'm getting a little bit off track here as far as, you know, the flu. We've gone from the influenza to now the strep throat and some other diseases like mono. Now, these can all have flu-like symptoms. That's why I'm bringing them in. And right now in our world, everyone's going crazy because we have what they call the Ebola virus. And that is just it, a virus. So, and it Viruses are transmitted in different ways. Some of them are transmitted through the air, some of them body fluids. But regardless, 
A virus is exactly that, a virus. So we need to remember the great viral interrupter, which is belladonna. Always, always give belladonna if you have any suspect that someone is coming down with something or they've been exposed to something. And again, arsenicum is if you feel that they've been poisoned. Now, a lot of times people actually will come away from a situation and rather just than saying, ah, oh, I think I caught the flu, they'll say, I feel like somebody gave me the flu. Listen very carefully because everything is in our language. If they feel like they have been given something, in other words, they feel toxic, give them arsenicum. And don't be afraid that you're going to, oh, I don't know which remedy to give. You know what? Just go with your gut instinct. So very often, it's just your guardian angel saying, hey, give that remedy. And you'll look back later and you'll say, that's just amazing. How did I know to give that? Well, don't take the credit. Give your guardian angel the credit. <laughs> anyway, I had, um, I told people that I pay. I'm going to talk about this on my show, the Ebola virus. And remember that it is a virus. So, you know, we can be in complete control here. And we don't have to be afraid. Obviously, be prudent. Don't go looking for trouble. Keep your hands clean. Keep your body strong. I tell my children, walk every day at least a mile, mile and a half, because it regenerates the oxygen in the blood. It helps the oxygen in our blood is what kills the bacteria. And so when we pump our lungs full of oxygen every day, we're, like, we're less likely to get sick, because we're constantly cleaning up the system. So walk. Eat good, healthy foods. Stay away from all the sugars because that really makes the immune system plummet. And just eat lots of healthy green foods. And like I said, get your exercise. Have your little arsenal on hand for your, your flu remedies. And like I said, I like for the flu remedies, I like to have these handful of remedies we've been talking about, the belladonna. Have your Epsom salt and some essential oils that really help nourish the body. And there are also, like I said, the nutritional herbs that I am still going to get back to. <laughs> Have them on hand. It's okay to use those now and then in good, healthy green teas. But for the Ebola virus, there's, there's a, you can start searching the web. You can Google some of the um, top homeopaths in the world. And they all pretty much have the same consensus about the Ebola flu. Or, you know, it's, and it, it is exactly that. It's a virus that like cures like. And so you always want to be ready with the belladonna. And then the other remedies as they are needed, uh, the Baptisia, Gelsemium, Bryonia, Arsenicum, Eupatorium, Pyrogenium, Heprosolf, Mercurius. There, the consensus is that Mercurius is more specific, so there must, I'm not familiar with the disease myself, um, but there must be a lot of sweating or moist, wet skin. And, and oddly enough, there is an Ebola nozo that you could probably get your hands on. I don't know if you are interested. I I am going to have this remedy on hand in the near future. And so you could contact me through homeopathyformommies.com or my store, theoutpostmercantile.com. And, and we can, you know, figure something out that you can get some get your hands on these remedies. But the Ebola nozode, you could go ahead and give to your family in a high potency as a prophylaxis or a preventative, and you can give that every two weeks if it's in the area, or even weekly if it's in the area. Um, and then the remedy that's most specific, because Ebola is what they call a hemorrhagic virus, and if it gets into the advanced stages, it basically causes such disorganization that the patient will bleed to death either internally or externally through the orifices. So, 
it just really raises havoc apparently. I had read a book um, about the, a plague set in the early, oh golly, I think it was like the 14th century and it was described much like the Ebola is now and I remember the author at that time wrote that if the person bled and had blood boils on the outside of their body they were more likely to survive than if they were if they didn't break out with these blood boils and what they didn't even realize what they were writing at the time but what's hap what happened with that is that yes if the body was healthy enough to throw off the symptoms which was the blood boils and bleeding through the orifices then that means the vitality was strong enough to try and throw off the virus if they didn't have the blood boils and bleeding through the orifices that means the body's vitality was not strong enough and they just simply bled out internally and so that's what was going on so the homeopathic remedies are going to help you throw off any symptoms of the disease and it, it speaks to the body's vitality that's all it's doing like cures like and so the remedy crotalus hor is the remedy for hemorrhagic viruses and it's it's in my book under the epidemic flu symptoms and for far advanced stages crotalus hor is a very very good remedy for that and some homeopaths are saying that you can actually use crotalus as a prophylaxis and take a 30c every day while it's in the area well you know what, I just think that's a dangerous thing to say because you can actually start proving the remedy if you really haven't been exposed to it. Yes, if you have been exposed to it, then your body will use it and, and you're going to be fine. But I think if you're going to take something as a prophylaxis, you should take it in like a 200C if, it's, if you have a chance of being exposed. And then you can take a 30C if you actually do become exposed or start to have symptoms. And like all of these remedies when you are ill, I like to use an X potency or a low C potency when you are ill. To take it as prophylaxis, we like to take the higher potencies. And that helps our body to say, hey, wake up, you could be exposed to this and you need to be aware of it. So those are some of the things that we need to have on hand and to look out for and those are some of the ways that um, we can use those remedies. Now, I'm going back here real quick. <laughs> I kind of skipped, I had a note here that I wanted to talk about the pneumonia or the cough. A lot of influenzas end up with leaving the patient with a terrible cough. And aconite, aconitum is an excellent remedy for, for cough, depending on the types of cough. Also, spongia and hepersulf. Now, von Bowenhausen had a famous trio combination, I call it a recipe, for a cough. And he would give aconite, spongia, and hepersulf and for patients. And I had a little girl who had pseudomonas, and her mother just could not find a remedy that would help her with this cough. When she started giving this trio, she said that the child had such a fantastic amount of relief, it wasn't funny. So I wanted to share that with you So for the coughing. And also, you know, like I say, spongia is what they call the roasted, it's actually roasted sponge and it's, it's, it's a fantastic remedy for that dry hacking cough for the type of whooping cough that sometimes sets in with little children. Pseudomonas, it's really sad how many children actually contract pseudomonas and there is a nosode for that as well and you can just contact your homeopath or you can contact me and we can get, get you in touch with that remedy because it is, it does help because even though the child 
gets over the cough initially in the initial illness, they always seem to be a little bit sensitive and can come down with a cough or a cold very easily. And this remedy really does, this nozo really does help them to get over that residual effect of Pseudomonas. I've got to cut this show a little bit short, so very quickly, some of the nutritional herbs that will help to boost the immune system. Well, there's astragalus and there is golden seal. And golden seal is what we call hydrastis and which is a fantastic cleansing, we call it a cleansing herb, and it's extremely expensive. So most often my, my clients will decide just to take a homeopathic remedy, but you can take it for medicinal purposes in the herb form, which in, like I said, it's fantastic. It's, astragalus is also very, very good, and I like to take nettle leaf, nettle leaf is very cleansing, and I actually, I drink that in a tea, I'll have the nettle leaf or red clover. Both of those are very cleansing, very detoxing, green teas, and they just really help to boost the immune system. There's some really good Chinese herbs as well that I don't have a lot of experience with. I pretty much use what's available to me, and I always go for the cheapest of anything, but all of these natural organic, always make sure you're taking the organic because otherwise you're taking in toxins possibly that you really don't need to deal with when you're feeling ill. And so some of these are things that I, I like to take. Like I said, the chlorella, spirulina, wonderful herbs to take to help boost the body's immune system. And now back to the cleanup remedies that I talked about for pharmaceuticals. And this recipe is actually from Luke de Shepper uh, in Arizona, I believe he resides. In his book, he used Nux Vomica 6C arsenicum 6C, and silica 6C in alternating fashion for one to two weeks, one dose of each daily to help get the pharmaceuticals out of the system. And I have found these to be very efficient, these three remedies. And I could go into a lot of details as to why, but if you read my book, <laughs> you will understand how and why they work so well. And they really do help to clean up the system. But for now, I think I'm gonna, we're going to have to call it quits for the day. And I look forward to our next show. This, has been, this is really a lot of fun. It helps me to, you know, just put into action what I feel so passionately about. So until next time, I pray God blesses you and yours. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.